Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we are back with our favorite guest, Dr. Hamed Mazani. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world today as it relates to healthcare. So, Dr. Mazzani, have you been looking at television? Um, a lot. <laughs> so have you seen uh, what's been going on in the George Floyd case? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, this morning, actually, I was looking at it um, before I came to the show, and I was thinking, what would I have done if this was my own son, brother, cousin, neighbor, what is the right answer? It is difficult to come up with the right answer. But I'll tell you something else. Um, We uh, are going through a very difficult and unprecedented times. And what do I mean with that? We have never had people wanting to voice, you know, their concerns and and you know dislikes about you know the the policies of or or actions of uh, some not all some uh, law enforcement folks, which led to a death that did not have to happen. But we've never had that happen during a world pandemic in our generation. No, we haven't. Right. I mean, you you had the 1918 flu, the the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, pandemic that affected the United States, but had you, you've never had what's happening now mm-hmm. uh, with the up, you know, sort of uprise you want to call it or whatever, the protests. But during a world pandemic, where we've been talking about social distancing in a sense of basically that what it means is just don't get too close to people, uh, six feet, twelve feet, masks, no masks hand sanitizer, now, and we've done that very well because, Mm -hmm. as you know, um, many cities and states that followed that after seeing what's happening in New York City and hotspots, they've done pretty good, you know, I would say so far. And, and But now the states are opening up and, you know, people have to go back to work and, you know, life needs to go on. We have to yet to see what the consequences of those are. But we have never had this type of uh, sort of um, protest during a scenario of wartime that the person who you're next to could have it and the one next to you could have it and don't know they have it. And you take it home and you have elderly parents and, you know, you have mm-hmm. uh, other family members that have diabetes, high blood pressure, kidney disease, cancer, and now you just killed them. Yeah. So... What started as a gesture of wanting to make the world and the country and the leaders aware of the pain and suffering just killed your brother or sister by, by your or own hands. made hand. them very sick, or, or at the minimum made them really, made really them sick. made them very sick. How would you deal with that? It's, it's something to, to sort of yeah. wait and see over the next few weeks, two or three weeks, four weeks. And I believe this perhaps will continue the way it's uh, looking like. Um, So I thought, what would I do if this was happening to me? And um, if it's happened to your immediate family, there's a lot of emotions involved. Mm -hmm. I don't have an answer for that. But if it's it's someone out there and sees these, you know, there's protests, riots on, on TV and goes out there... And now causes a violent act which burns down somebody else's business, who they've worked for all their life. And we uh, saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of did. people sad. You did. And over their um, businesses. Well, those businesses have people that work in it. Yeah. Brothers and sisters. Yeah. I mean, they're working in it. The next morning, there's no work. In, a, in an era or time that you have 40 million people unemployed. And now you cause another action that perhaps burned down a business that was working. 
it is not going in the right direction. So I really believe it's time, as we and I talked about it earlier, you know, there needs to be a national policy change. Absolutely. This is, you know, the I fully understand being upset, upset over what uh, happened to George Floyd. There's no there aren't words for for what I felt when I saw it, when I saw him calling for his mother in his last moments of his life. Peaceful protests, that is your right as an American. You can protest peacefully as as often as you wish uh, and wherever you wish. But all of the peaceful protests that we can do do not make a difference if there is not policy change. There has to be policy change that accompanies the peaceful protest. Just like in the 1960s when Martin Luther King Jr. was was organizing peaceful protests. And let's talk about that because those protests were organized. So they met before the protest. They decided we what's what's going to be Every possible outcome. They knew dogs could be turned on them. They knew hoses, fire hoses would be turned on them. They knew, are we going to, they decided, are we going to have children present? Will we have children there? And what will that mean for those children and what they're going to see and what they're going to experience? And how are we going to react when those hoses come, when the fire hoses are turned on us, when the dogs are unleashed on us? How are we to react? They knew what they were going to do and how they were going to react. But they also knew that they, were go- were, that they had a policy change in mind, what it was, they had it defined, and that's what we have to do now. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I think it's, um, what, what's interesting is that we always thought that our country could be afflicted with external war, or terrorisms, right. or uh, you know, trade wars. We had never thought about a microorganism yes. that would just come and and, and knock ch- us down cha- like this. Change our lives in ways that we never thought of. For example, you go in an elevator and you worry about who's what's the other person next to you is it the coughing or the sneezing mm-hmm. how they look. Uh, or you, you don't want to shake hands? Are you kidding me? I mean, like, shaking hands was like the one-on-one proper, you know, sort mm-hmm. of. You would teach your children to shake hands so they would be polite enough. Uh, or that you, you want to even talk to a person and you don't want to be too close. So, in other mm-hmm. words, our society, our behavior has changed from the microorganisms. So there are a lot of things in life that we, don't ne- we never prepared for. Yeah. Right. And and obviously this this awful incident happens with Mr. Floyd. And how do we respond to that? I th- I think it, it is time for the leaders to step in and 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 make this completely apolitical, meaning not political. It's yeah. not a Republican or be, Democratic thing. That's it right. is a human thing and is a human thing for our species survival. Exactly. This is worldwide. Right exactly. uh, and and sort of um, as you as you said very you know earlier on policy change in a sense of doesn't matter what color you are you're white blue yellow red you're a human being uh, you know um, you one shouldn't of my, die with someone's knee I, on your neck I'll tell you uh, some funny <laughs> one of my most cherished movies is called Independence Day. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it or not. I have seen Independence Day. <laughs> I'm into sci-fi kind of things, and I love to see movies that... But essentially unifying human race against some bad aliens. And uh, then so the president gives a speech that I have memorized because it's so unifying against something that you've never seen or faced and very much could be a virus. That... Never before in mankind history had we fight something that is worldwide. It's always regional conflict, you know, north, south, west, east, Mm -hmm. Africa, Europe, Asia, U.S. But a worldwide unifying cause is perhaps 
something to look forward to as as human unifying and forget about our differences but rather knowing our similarities why who we are and that hopefully we can create a world that our children and their children can live in and be proud of what we've done so i think it's time whether we want it or not whether it's hard or easy this is the time that we have to unify and and get the policy correct so that every American can uh, walk down the street, drive a nice car, do whatever it is that they want to do as as an American, uh, and not not face any repercussion because their skin tone happens to have a little more melanin than, than the next guys. I can it, tell you, America is a beacon of hope. I don't say that because I was born here. I say that because I choose to be here and make mm-hmm. America home. And I'm so proud of this country for what it is, for its people. And Everyone I, across the world that has a capability of coming to make it, you know, a life, a better life for them, their, their children want to come here because this country has been the beacon of hope. And it will be. And and I pray that these, that, that uh, Mr. Floyd's uh, life will be uh, cherished, that what has happened here, that we will make a difference and a change because of, uh, because of him having lost his life in such a brutal manner that the rest of us will, instead of remaining silent uh, and complicit in uh, his demise, that we will join together and lift our voices and say, we will make this policy change. We will not rest until the policy change is made. You've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. One in three San Antonians is at risk for kidney disease. Do you know what your kidney health is? Well, South Texas Renal Care Group has come up with a wonderful program called Don't Kid With Your Kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. Go to their website, www.mykidneys.com to check out a free screening near you. Don't kid with your kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. And you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany. And my special guest, Dr. Hamed Mazani. So, Dr. Mazani, tell me what has changed for you in the last two months with your COVID patients? All of a sudden, we're hit by this pandemic, and now you're, you're dealing with patients that have uh, a novel virus. Yeah. So, you know, as a doctor, when we started hearing the news about this pandemic coming, you know, toward the United States and cases being announced... Um, in different states, New York and Washington and so on. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I have never been in a world pandemic in my lifetime. We've read Mm -hmm. books. We've read tons, Mm -hmm. tons of microbiology, biology books and and learned about microorganisms, but we had never lived through it. And in medical textbooks, you talked about, you talk about the illness, you talk about possible treatments, symptoms, 
you never talk about the human aspects of what happens when you have a a pandemic in in a sense of uh, you probably read those in history books so doctors perhaps were not trained uh to deal uh, psychologically with an illness that uh you know such as covid-19 where you have no known treatments you know nothing about its course you don't have a good particular test that you can test people mm-hmm. is essentially as if you're a warrior in 1300s and you send them to the front line and they have no swords they have no axe they have no protective gear they don't know what to do with it but yet they know that they are the front line they have to do something so the psychological warfare you can call it on the mind of the healthcare workers nurses doctors People that work in the hospital, from the the people that clean, help clean the rooms, to the cafeteria, to the the the, the security guard, to the operators, to all of these people, suddenly are put on the fir- front line, and we don't know even what we're dealing with. It's pretty scary. So, the frightening moment is, uh, you know, I suppose when HIV came, you know, back in the '80s. But here it is something that is respiratory, uh, and you touch things, and you may get it. And, and to some people, they get the virus, and they have no symptom, not yeah. at all. They don't even know they have it, and others are on life support. It really touched me as a person when one of well, few of my staff, who I work with all these years, sit next to me, got it. And wow. we were like, wow. How did this happen? So we had to test everybody, uh, the entire company, the the staff. We had to do fumigation of some sort, you know, to clean the offices. Uh, Mm -hmm. I got tested like three, four times. Uh, And, of course, we started wearing masks. I'm going back to the early March. Um, and, And then when I tested their family members and I saw that they got it, they were children. I was doing tele- telemedicine visit, you know, by phone. Mm-hmm. That they were running around the house, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay that one, that one over there, that one has it." <laughs> <laughs> and the child is like, "What? What? No, I'm fine. No, no, that one. He need to be isolated." And and, and <laughs> it was like this suddenly like, is yes, wow. like a curse, right? If you yeah. tell somebody, "Oh, you got COVID nineteen, it's like you curse them. It, it's it's better now, but then. Because we knew nothing about the disease. That's what it was. The unknown is always frightening. Absolutely. So then I saw, you know, some some parents get affected with it. You know, go to the hospital. But what I I could not explain to myself, and, and again, we go through this as any human being. You know, doctors are human, nurses are. Uh, we have to internalize the fear, cover it up. But then show calmness, control right. to our patients because they're looking up to us for answers. Yeah. And we don't have an answer, but we have to show as if we did because there is the placebo effect of, of that in, in, in medicine or the art of medicine where the patient, when they trust you and they feel that you have all the answers and the cure in your hand, they get better on their own, some of the illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular illness was very different, and the difference was the following. Typically, when you're in the hospital, you're faced with an illness, your family can come visit you. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad, brother, sisters, they come hold your hand. But here, because we know nothing about the illness, going back to the March, they were not allowed, the family members or the patients, to come and see their family. Some, and I would say probably many, died alone yeah and that of course those that left this earth they're gone but the ones that are behind they are inflicted with a wound yeah that perhaps will take years to heal and that is i did not hold the hand of my daughter or my son or my mom or dad the moment of death yeah and i i think that's one aspect of of this that really touched me as a human person 
But the other one was, you know, we talked about stay-at-home orders, you know, people that uh, could not leave their home for months, uh, depending what type of home they're in. If there's a one small apartment with, you know, two kids, three kids, a dog, husband and wife, it becomes very suffocating, right? Yeah. And and also, in contrast, uh, an apartment, a house, an elderly who has no one to mm-hmm. come and visit, or they're afraid to go out. They're afraid to open the window. They're afraid to open the door and step out. It is a prison. So yeah. the depression sets in, the, the social isolation, you know, effect of that can come in. So, again, we are going through a, a, a unprecedented time in our generation of dealing with a pandemic uh, uh, of a disease that we at this moment don't have a treatment. But I can assure you that not too far from now, we will have a vaccine. Not too mm-hmm. far from now, we'll have people vaccinated, which is two different things. You can have a vaccine, yeah. but if you don't have the policies, the methods that a vehicle of how to vaccinate the people who gets the vaccine first and mm-hmm. why it's critical i hope people are that do this for a living are actually have somebody looking at this logistics and also at the same time so you have that to prevent the disease but then you would have to have medications which are significant number of clinical trials actually going on right now to find a treatment for the patient. Um, so that's coming. So we're going to make it. We're going to get through this. We're going to be fine. We just have to go step by step. The exciting thing about it is that, you know, it's caused all of us to kind of stop and take a beat and take take some stock in what, what it is that we really value. You know, because I know for myself personally, having to... Uh, watch the entire world going through the same thing that I'm going through right now. Uh, it it was profound, like how a disease could start in one little place and spread across the entire world and literally stop everything mm-hmm. and force us all to think about what the what our priorities are and what's important. Because Prior to COVID-19, talking to people about uh, the checkout girl and uh, who we valued was very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always have valued doctors and we should value doctors because there's you save our lives. Uh, but now we realize that other people save our lives, too. Now we know what a respiratory therapist is. Nobody knew what that was before COVID-19. Or a ventilator. Yeah, nobody knew yeah. knew what those things were or intubated. Like everybody knows what that means now. You know, uh but but we realize now that the the bus driver is mm-hmm. is in, critically important to to our lives. Truck driver is critically important to our lives. The the janitor Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be able to get through this without all of the people who clean and who keep everything clean for Her- us. Haircut people. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I needed the people with with hair and nails and all of that stuff. I I didn't realize what a little troll I was without <laughs> without all my stuff and people in the accoutrements. <laughs> but you know, in, in other words, for a society to be. What it was and what it will be. Yeah, uh, there are so many members of the society that are not, you know, appreciated, so to speak. The people that pick up your trash. Yeah. So these people, and are they're critical. doing an honest day's work. They are, and, and it's very hard. And it's we should always say thank you, right. and be appreciative of that because, and I think that's that we really are now. You hear people saying good things that they should be that we should have said mm-hmm. long before this. That now we're we're saying, oh, you know what? Let me stop and say hello to Gina. Let me stop and say hello to uh, you know. I know all of my neighbors now. All I, of a sudden, I think the world uh, uh, has become more uh, empathetic. Yeah. In other words, I I do want to 
hear your story, how are you feeling, how was your day, and why are you smiling, why are you not smiling, what's happening. So uh, We're actually there are taking positive, the time. There are positive yeah. effects of this, and we, as you said, we take time and, and we pay attention to one another. But I, I want to thank you for allowing me to come to your show. I mean, this has been an incredible experience for me to tell my story and, and my thoughts shared with the listeners. And I'm sure somebody out there is, is, is probably alone. And, and these words that we're using and saying will we'll have some positive effects on them. And, and at least that's Michael. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming and for being a part of this because, you know, I think of you as, as uh, one of the great heroes here in San Antonio. And in my life, with, with what you've done, saving my brother's life, and just being a good friend, and always there, there for me to uh, talk to you. you know, You're very kind. Of so. You're very kind. Anyway, thank you so much. And you've been listening to, to On the Record with Tiffany. And we are back with On the Record with Tiffany with my special guest, Angie Lewis. Hi. Angie, would you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Um, So I am the um, vice president of business banking relationship manager at our um, Stone Oak office with the Bank of San Antonio. Um, And really what I do is portfolio management. I manage a portfolio of clients uh, for lending and deposits. And um, it's, it's really just relationship management with business owners here in the community. So, Angie, that is wonderful. What have you experienced so far since we've been going through the last two months with <laughs> COVID-19, with riots? All the, the world seems to be upside down right now. <laughs> yeah, I would, um, I would definitely say it's mass chaos right now. Um, you know, we went from we went from. You know, being busy lending, uh, right. you know, the, which felt like it was going to be a really great year. Uh, we had a, a direction that we were we were taking with the bank in terms of um, bringing in new clients and what mm-hmm. that strategy looked like, and that changed quickly. And so I would say that, you know, we we've had to quickly change our focus to uh, PPP loans. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. been the big thing. So for five weeks, you know, you you sat at your desk uh, processing PPP loan applications, and uh, you know, there's been some some good and bad. I was telling a, a girlfriend of mine the other day that, from my perspective, um, I, I went on a walk the other day. And I was thinking to myself, uh, people have been been able to like stay at home, you know, like with mm-hmm. their family, and they've gotten this downtime, mm-hmm. and and um, and, and I, we haven't really gotten that. We we haven't really been able right. to. We've experienced it, but we've experienced what's happening in a, in a different way because we've been so busy. And and our focus really has been on how can we help our community, how how can we um, how can we help save their businesses. And so you know we've had our head in the computer, and um, we processed over. Um, you know we were just talking about this seven hundred and applications and. Um, Almost $184 million in new loans to the bank wow. and um, been able to save about 25,000 jobs. And so, 25,000 jobs 25, in San Antonio. jobs in San Antonio, yeah. And, it's, and, and you know, we, we've got that second part of PPP, and so th- that number is continuing to, to, to go up. So, you know, every time I uh, pray about what's been going on with us as a nation and as a world, you know, because this has swept the entire world. COVID-19 has swept the entire world mm-hmm. and affected mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a political thing. It's not a, a Democrats or Republicans. This is a stop, mm-hmm. take a moment and yeah. reflect kind of uh, situation. And what for me, what I've seen with uh, Bank of San Antonio uh, has been wonderful because Local businesses, small businesses run this country. Mm-hmm. That's what fuels our nation. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us the great capitalistic society that we are. It's mm-hmm. the small businesses. Mm-hmm. It's not the huge Fortune 500 companies, mm-hmm. though we love them. They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the small businesses yeah. that keep people employed, mm-hmm. that uh, give us our beautiful city and all of the many different selections that we have that are so unique to us. Mm-hmm. Small business does that, mm-hmm. not mass market. And so when when 
Bank of San Antonio saved all of those jobs. San Antonians mm-hmm. saved jobs for San Antonians. Mm-hmm. You know, it as this is has unfolded, it, I've just thought about like where is God in this? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's showing us so many things about what's important mm-hmm. that the checkout girl is just as important as the lawyer up the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the janitor is just as important as your doctor is. Yeah. Because your janitor is going to save your life just as much as, as anyone else. And that your banker is as important Mm-hmm. as your doctor because they're keeping the economy open. Yeah. We you know, I mean, well that's how we met, right? That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's it how was we a, met. a client saving a client, my saving my my yeah. uh employees. Yeah, and and saving their jobs. In in our mind, although we were working from home, um every call was as important as the call before it. Um, and we, you know, and we, you answered me on a. I emailed you on a Saturday night, yeah. and you answered me on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, and that's what yeah. you know. I, I can tell you right now, big market banks. Mm-hmm. Nobody was going to answer me on a Sunday. Yeah, well, you know, we, we were having, <laughs> a, you know, my um, Laura and I were having a really hard time. I mean, we would we would go to, you know, we would stop working at eight o'clock at night, and you know, we hadn't spend all day with our families. But even when you go to bed at night, it's it's like. Uh, well, I'm really that stopgap between people getting their money mm-hmm. or not getting their money because we were we were just processing, processing, processing. You so, were that stopgap between people having yeah. a job or people being in the 40 million who don't. Yeah, exactly. That's what mm-hmm. you were the stopgap between. That's yeah. that's definitely what you were the stopgap between for for uh, me and my staff. And the, and there, you know, I mean, we've had the other the cool thing, you know, that that came out of this, and that's still coming out of this, is just the people that you get to meet, you know, because yeah, we're we, yeah we're in the banking business, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really the people business, if you if you mm-hmm. if you call it what it is, and we get to meet people all day long who just everyone has a different story, you know, how mm-hmm. they started their business, what's going on in their business, how they're managing their business, and our goal, really, my goal um, at coming into this PPP was to say, not only what what can I I do, but how can I connect people in the community? Because because mm-hmm. I'm I can be the expert at this, but I can't mm-hmm. be the expert at everything, right? And so, what was really amazing is to see the community come together to just give information to people about what was happening and just informing them. And they were informing me. I mean, I had a CPA I was working with here locally, and he would call me every day and he'd say, "This is what I learned today. What did you hear?" And so we would mm-hmm. share information. Um, there was a, a another uh, company here in town, Pax Financial, and um, you know they were doing they were doing um, calls every day mm-hmm. uh, or once a week, I believe. With their business owners to say, hey, these are some strategies that we've put in place. Uh, phase one, phase two, phase three. As a business owner, these are some of the things you should be doing to prepare yourself for this first phase of what's happening, the next phase, and then the next phase. And that was, you know, they had asked me to come on and talk about just the process and the program and what, you know, we were getting, I think SBA put out three or the, you know, we, we had three applications come out before they really got the right application out, you uh-huh. know, and now we've still got questions about forgiveness. I mean, clients emailing every day, what yeah. about this? What can we do here? And the the reality of it is, is that we still don't have a lot of clarification or guidance That's in right. regards to uh, some of the real meaty specifics that business owners need to know right now. And so a lot of people took this money under one uh, idea, but it's changing quickly. And, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't think it, you know, it may hurt some people, it may not, but the reality of it is, is people still needed it. And now yeah. people are contemplating, well, do we even ask for forgiveness or do we just mm-hmm. take money at 1% interest rate? Because where are you going to get that kind of money? You yeah. know, where, 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 and use it for what we need to use it. For. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And wait, because mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to have round two of this, you know, mm-hmm. the fall is going to be here before we know it. And yeah. so, um, and, and we don't know what's going to happen yeah. with this because yeah. it's still, uh, we don't have a vaccine for it. Mm-hmm. We still have the same, mm-hmm. same set of issues. Yeah. And so, you know, what we've done is we've just continued to encourage people to, you know, operate as, as safely as they possibly mm-hmm. can. And the reality of it is, is that we are just living in a different time. And we what are. that means is, is that we're having to adjust. And as people, I think in general, we have always done a great job of adjusting to whatever happens. And so mm-hmm. it's weird for us to walk into places now and see people with masks on. It's even weird for me to see that. Yeah. But that's the reality in the world that we live in. And so you play it safe, but people still have to open. People still need doctors. 
People still need banking. They still need groceries. Regardless of of whether or not it's uncertain times, there's still like Necessity, yeah. Necessities Absolutely. that we have to have. And then, just for mental health, because that's a completely different topic, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for those who have suffered with depression and anxiety, I mean, this is just taking that to a whole new level. And oh, so, yes. you know, I've... Did you see some of the statistics that, that uh, in regards to drinking, that, mm. oh, that yeah. there yeah. were runs being made mm-hmm. on, on the liquor stores mm-hmm. because people... Uh, I guess we're reacting to yeah. to their anxiety over. Yeah. Well, over it's just what's like the grocery, on. the grocery thing. You know, the yeah. toilet paper, and <laughs> I'm like, how much? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, how much tangeray can yeah. can one have? I don't, I don't understand why. And you how does that, that make life a little better? Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, I mean, you know, but, um, yeah. but it's it's funny, like when you're all of a sudden thrust into the middle of something mm-hmm. like COVID nineteen. It forces you to a look at at how are you you managing money? What is mm-hmm. what does money? Uh, how much money do you really need mm-hmm. in order to mm-hmm. operate? And what do you how do you, what do you want to mm-hmm. do with this? Mm-hmm. Like how far do you want to go? Like for me, as as we we kind of traverse this this path with with COVID nineteen, it, it really made me think about underlying conditions what mm-hmm. do people need yeah. what can you live with and what can you live without you yeah. know and how important it is for us economically mm-hmm. to be sound yeah and you know we were talking about the uh, i had mentioned the phase part earlier one of the things that they had mentioned in their phasing is you know as as a business owner what kind of things do you phase out of first you know mm-hmm. um choosing which employees are essential and non-essential right but but just knowing that there are some things that you're going to have to cut as a family and as a business owner uh, that aren't going to be as n- necessary as they have in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and something that we've been talking to a lot of our families and, and obviously business owners about is how important it is to have cash right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because there, what we've found is that a lot of business owners have... Um, they've they've operated on month to month right there's been no mm-hmm. savings plan there's been no there's been no plan you just go mm-hmm. from month to month because they're barely making it and so so you're, you're yeah. going to have you know we're in a season right now where we're going to unfortunately i think see some people go out of business because they didn't plan they didn't save they didn't have that cash on hand um and as individuals what we're attempting to do is just support those support them in terms of you know going out and 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 using the business if we if we can um mm-hmm. but on the other side of that telling people as they come through hey let's have a plan to put some money aside yeah because, let's figure out how we can do this yeah it's an emergency plan right and, and and everyone needs to have an emergency plan well thank you so much angie and you've been listening to on the record with tiffany i'm tiffany smith chief executive officer of the texas kidney foundation And I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. One in three San Antonians is at risk for kidney disease. Do you know what your kidney health is? Well, South Texas Renal Care Group has come up with a wonderful program called Don't Kid With Your Kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. Go to their website, www.mykidneys.com, to check out a free screening 
near you. Don't kid with your kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. And you are listening to On the Record with Tiffany. And I'm here again with my friend, Angie Lewis from Bank of San Antonio. Hi, Tiffany. Hey, Angie. (laughs) So tell me what's going on now with Bank of San Antonio and what you all see happening in the community and happening with people uh, as we're as we're experiencing this pandemic, because there seems to be a lot of Mm self-reflection happening Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, right now with the bank, we're really um, in protective mode, obviously. But, um, you know, we're trying to help our business owners get get through this forgiveness piece. Right. Because there's just so many questions out there right now with what's going to be forgiven, what's not going to be forgiven. So just attempting to help manage that process with our clients um, and encourage them, continue to encourage them. Their businesses are doing awesome. But, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things that we've seen throughout this entire process is really just been. people's identity. You know, we've kind of talked about that a little bit, but you really, you know, when you're in mass chaos, you really <laughs> start to see people, people's true colors. Yeah. Um, and I can honestly say that, you know, 99% of my conversations with people have been just uplifting and encouraging. People are supporting each other. Um, you know, great opportunity to just have conversations with that they've never had before with their children about mm-hmm. their businesses and how, how it's you know, been run in the past and maybe uh, changing how they're going to run things in the future and just adapting and adjusting. And um, it, it you, and then you see people who are serving, you know, in capacities mm-hmm. that they've never served before. Um, you know, we were just talking a little bit ago about, you know, having an opportunity, at least for me to, to sit down and talk to my daughter about what's really happening right now. You know, right. I mean, there's, there's media happening, right? You, you, she gets mm-hmm. that part of it, social media, but then there's the reality of what's happening and how do we become, how do we, how do we p- be part of the, the solution and not the problem right now? Um, mm-hmm. and, and how do we protect others? Exactly. By washing mm-hmm. our hands and by, mm-hmm. I'm, there have been so many good opportunities to talk to, uh, my girls about, about, what's happening mm-hmm. uh, right now. I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. I'm sorry, a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old because she just turned 8. Um, and I've had a lot of uh, good opportunity to, to kind of explain not being selfish, mm-hmm. what it, what a dollar means, mm-hmm. uh, especially as we see uh, 40 million people who are unemployed. Like what does that what does that mean and mm-hmm. and uh, explaining what different types of employment mm-hmm. are that you don't need a million dollars to live, mm-hmm. but you do need each other and you do need to respect one another and uh, you do need to understand how to spend money carefully. Um, so it's it's been good in that sense. Like it, I've mm-hmm. I've had lots of good opportunity to talk to them about about uh, money management. Mm -hmm. Have you all found, have you found uh, lots of opportunity to talk to uh, small business owners about saving for a rainy day? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Seems like that's the topic of conversation (laughs) every single day. Um, But but really more like, how how do you navigate what's happening right now? And how do you navigate it in a way that that you come out on top, right? And because we've talked mm-hmm. about this before, there's going to be a lot of people uh, that that don't make it through this crisis, right? And, yeah. and it's you know uh, and it's very because worrisome. maybe they didn't prepare, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, when you don't prepare uh, in anything, right? Whether that's a whether you own a business or you know your family budget, whatever that mm-hmm. is, if you're not preparing, then uh, it's difficult to to respond when there's mm-hmm. a an emergency. And so mm-hmm. you know we we always talk about being my da- at least with my daughter and I, we talk about being proactive instead of reactive, right? Reactive yes. is where we've, we've found a lot of people right now, uh, but, but not uh, demeaning them for that, but mm-hmm. basically using it as an opportunity to, to educate people who are about right. to start a business and maybe plans got thwarted because of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, who you know, have just maybe in the midst of owning a business for a few years and are, are saying, whoa, 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 you know, we just mm-hmm. got through... Uh, the newness of a business and then, mm-hmm. you know, working with people who have owned owned a business for years, right? It's been f- handed down from family to family, had a conversation with a, a multi-generational uh, company here in town last Friday morning. And uh, and he said, 
you know, we've run our, our company one way for 35 years. Mm-hmm. And now we're in a position where we're really having to get creative and mm-hmm. rebrand ourselves uh, and think of some different thing, you know, different uh, ways to go about bringing in new business. And so right. people are having to get creative right now. Um, and so those are really the conversations that we're having with people about, you know, saving, rebranding, mm-hmm. uh, changing your business model in general, right? Because people want things delivered now because there are a lot of people that still aren't ready to get back and go out to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still need people to order from your restaurant, right? Yeah. And so um, just being creative with those people and listening, right? So some people just need a, an ear and an affirmation that what they're doing is is the right thing. Yeah. It's been a, an interesting ride with uh, COVID-19 and moving everything to virtual. Mm, yeah. Virtual, yeah. Uh, like all of a sudden with, uh, uh, I know with several foundations, they, uh, in the nonprofit world, which is the world that, that uh, I work in during my day job, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in the nonprofit world, uh, events mm-hmm. are very important. And all of a sudden to not have mm-hmm. any events, it literally threw uh, nonprofits for a loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was very in the nonprofit world. There's for young and small nonprofits. There's not a lot of uh, saving for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Um, so. They don't have endowments. They don't have, you know, the the uh, uh, secured funds mm-hmm. that that others do, and they're dependent on on events and on uh, donors. Yeah, and all of that shifted. Yeah. Uh, now so those fundraisings, uh, those fundraiser opportunities are going to look completely different moving forward. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're probably right smack in the middle of that, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're not going to see the galas that we used to have. But it's yeah. you know, I also think. Um, it's an opportunity, at least I see it as that. It's an opportunity for us to get creative. Yes. And it's kind of exciting because there are some neat things you could do. I mean, before COVID happened, you know, Zoom was just something you did randomly, right? Yep. I mean, now it's literally how people, they meet, they, you know, uh, they do business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it has become the new lot. standard. We're doing a lot with Facebook pages and uh, little Zoom meetings where you can have 30 people, mm-hmm. 100 people on a Zoom meeting. You, I mean, you really, you can have that communion and the visiting with and the camaraderie mm-hmm. uh, that, that you normally would at an event mm-hmm. on on uh, the Internet, mm-hmm. on a Zoom meeting. So you, you definitely can and do some fun things. Uh, we're about to do something fun with Batman. And uh, the children at the dialysis center, because mm-hmm. uh, I called the dialysis center to check up and see how everybody <laughs> was doing. And uh, I got a call back from uh, the social worker there. And uh, she was like, you know, they really could use a visit. They haven't seen you all in a while. And would you uh, come back with Batman? Because uh, Batman is sort of sort of uh, my thing. Uh, you know, I always say that that uh, uh, the most important thing about our kidney crusaders is that uh, uh, you can be a real help without having a superpower. Mm-hmm. Batman mm-hmm. was the only superhero with no superpower. Mm-hmm. He just had <laughs> intellect mm-hmm. and he had some money. <laughs> and that's how he did everything. <laughs> and you can do that with a little bit of, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit of, of uh, ingenuity mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of bucks. And you can do just about anything <laughs> that you <laughs> you can think of. <laughs> you just have to have some of that that good old uh, Texas yeah. uh, know-how. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Got to get creative. Got to get creative. Uh, which is what we... Uh, which is what we've all been doing, you know, but I was so happy when I uh, met you and just started to talk to you and, and getting to know you. I thought, man, this is a this is a woman that everybody needs to know about because mm-hmm. she's thank you. She's really uh, doing a lot for our community. And a, you no one would would know that no one would mm-hmm. think of uh, you and Laura 
uh, just seeing you walking around the mm-hmm. street, they wouldn't think, oh, they're out there saving jobs and, you know, jumping over small buildings with a single bound. <laughs> I don't know that we're doing that. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it, but no. I bet it did yeah. when y'all were doing those oh, PPPs. Was, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that will definitely be Processing something. Stories to tell later. Yeah. That's a lot it, of work. It was. And it was a lot of work for us, but it's a lot of work for our business owners, too, you know? I yeah. Mean, just... You know, you adapt and you adjust, and but that's I'll what tell everyone's you something doing. Something that was different with you all is that the stress that the business owners that that those of us on the opposite side were under, y'all made it a lot easier, mm-hmm. a lot easier because it was the the friendliness there. Each person mm-hmm. was as friendly as the last mm-hmm. over at uh, Bank of San Antonio. So I can't say yeah. enough Thank about you. it. Because, yeah. because, and I tell everybody, I'm like, y'all need to call them. Yeah. I am not a spokesperson for Bank of San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you have to remember, you know, that, that process from beginning to end is a, it's really a team effort and it takes the entire bank. Um, but that was, that was unprecedented mm-hmm. because we're, we're going through a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And everyone is, was just trying mm-hmm. to scramble to get their heads above water yeah. and figure out, okay, how do I keep my employees? Mm-hmm. How do I uh, move them to the next level? How do I change this business? Mm-hmm. So for me, I was at, at that moment looking at employees, looking at how to change the business model. Mm-hmm. How do we go out and test people for, the, for an underlying condition that we know mm-hmm. is terrible? I mean, if it weren't for for yeah. y'all, I I really would have would have drowned on that. Yeah. So a lot of dynamics. I have to say yeah. thank you, thank, thank you, me. and you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to nine thirty a.m. theanswer dot com and join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on nine thirty a.m. The Answer.